Um, in this podcast, I'll be talking about the beatniks and what their counterculture movement was. Um, so the philosophy of the beatniks, countercultural culture, they believed in anti-materialism, anti-capitalist, and anti-authoritarian. Um, the beatniks emphasized the importance of improving the interior of each other beyond the material possessions and the rules imposed by the system. Um, The Beatniks movement was a literary movement. Um, It became a social movement as, you know, time went on. Um, In the late 40s and even into the 1950s, um, a group of writers shared a deep disaster or deep distaste um, for American culture and a society as it existed after World War II. These writers included Allen Ginsberg and John Slellen Holmes. In an era where many Americans were content to pursue consumer culture, beatniks sought out to experiences that were more intense, real. Um, You know, and those real experiences were physical experiences, um, more of physical pleasures, such as sex, drugs, and more spiritual pursuit, um, such as Eastern religion, you know, particularly Buddhism um, was their main focus. You know, and the method of doing this was quite interesting. Um, So in that time period, um, America was really clinging to change, music, poetry, um, and certain experiences. And that's the method the beatniks went with. Um, So beatniks used a certain type of poetry. Um, You know, a poetry that uh, was freeing. Um, It was an unstructured, unstructured composition in which the writer put down his thoughts and feelings without a plan or a vision in order to convey the immediacy of the experience. Um, you know, there's two very important um, beatnik, you know, poets. Um, one was Ginsberg, um, and he wrote a poem, How. Um, it was a biting commentary on the values of post-war America. He described how he saw the best minds of the generation destroyed by the madness and hysterical, you know, way of thinking. Um, This poem became a landmark in the world of post-war poetry and literature. Um, The best way to um, depict a beatnik from the rest of, you know, society was their clothing. Um, You know, beatniks loved to love their goatees and beards. Um, They loved berets and shirts with horizontal stripes. They really liked um, dark glasses, um, and, you know, they wore them all the time. Um, They had long, they did not have um, long hair, um, and they would roll their own cigarettes. And also, they loved the bongos. That was more of their preferred instrument. Um, So the reaction to the beatniks was not a very positive one. Um, where many corners of society criticized the beatnik generation um, and the aesthetics and behavior of them. While, you know, mainstream America was appalled by their sexual ambitions and illicit drug use, the academic community um, deemed the beats as anti-intellectual and unrefined. Um, furthermore, established poets and novelists looked down on the irresponsible writing style of the beatnik literature. Um, about 1960 is when the beatnik movement had a fad 
and begun to fade. Through its experience with form and its social engagement, continued and lasting effects, the movement produced a number of significant writers. Um, you know, you um, can read about most of them, and they have lots of amazing work. Um, one in particular, his name was Yugen. Um, he broke with the movement in the 1960s, um, but the beat still paved a way for the broader acceptance of other, you know, unorthodox and previously ignored writers, such as, you know, the Black Mountains and poets like the novelist William S. Burroughs. And so that's a little bit about the beatniks, their movement, and how it came to be. Um, not much came of it, but it was just a new way for poets to live out their lives.